Fakes, positive all G's Infrared in that beat Who make a martyr out me? I take the charters out deep Don't make tomorrow our peak If I say she borrow my keys If I say she borrow my keys She look like Emily Radikowski Sonny Bono on skis Promo runs and not cheap Mommy hair when she Molly got her tongue in her cheek She don't know my name, A-Keys Bitch, I run AC Chain froze AC Make green like AC Boca Chica Key Costa Rican leaf Post a vegan recipe And then she back to sex and me Haters playing both sides I don't need no cosign Call like MJ45 My streaming data for night Hundreds hands on my fourth flight My land black, my Porsche white Yo bitch let me know I can fuck when she left on her Porsche light Bentley truck, no keys Rat no ID Bezlet shiny Tim Duncan 5 Got the Lambo Got the Tesla In the Florida Mommy twerking on me Australian Coral Reefs Mommy twerking on me Sydney Opera House lease That Fanny drop is out here in the zone, got the keys to the crib and ain't nobody home, so relax your mind, let your conscience be free, you're now rolling with the boy H-U-S-T. Yeah, so in South Florida, they have these Debo toads that, you know, will kill your dog, and they're very intimidating, so I'm kind of being intimidated by one <laughs> right now, uh, but, you know, that being neither here nor there, Talking New York Orlando is here, strip club DJ podcast draft and stash uh we're gonna we're gonna get to super bowl reactions um with big stinny 305 and we're gonna get to juan howard uh hopefully with my dog uh bushman bro from jamaica uh but we're gonna open with with some nba stuff uh where do you want you want to start all-star game or the top 75 ceremony or where do you want to go um Let's start with the disaster that was the All-Star Weekend activities. Uh-huh. Um, I don't – I watched a large portion of the uh, – what was it? I don't even know what they called it, but it was the rookies. Skills. On the team. Skills uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, rookie sophomore, yeah. Yeah, and I, don't, I didn't like the format. I didn't like the way they changed it. No, dude, it um, was better before when it was U.S. versus the world, right? Or rookie sophomore, one or the other. Right, right, either one of those, right. But now, that, now you've got four teams, and each team, they're, pa- they're paired off, and then the two winners nah, play each other nah, for a championship. Nah, that, nah. That's, that's They're doing too much. They're doing yeah, too much. Yeah, um, And you don't have uh, that much talent to split among four rosters. Like, yeah, yeah, it was, there were some dudes in there that I'd never heard of. Like, who, like that, that. Uh, was a Shangun guy? I mean, I've heard of Shangun, but yeah, he was I've, like a. I've heard his he, name. He was the Pukoshevsky of this year's draft. Okay, okay. I mean, I've heard his name, but uh, I mean, I haven't really heard too much about him. No, no, um, no. He's no. You know, and, and then it, what made it even worse was I'm watching the, I'm watching all three games. You know, the, all four teams, all three games, and I realized that half the Magic roster was in there. No wonder they suck so bad. Well, they've had a lot of draft, you know, lotto picks in the, uh, <laughs> you know, in the past half decade. I don't think the Magic are even that bad. I mean, I think they're just, they're just, I mean, Franz Wagner seems good. He's, he's better than I anticipated, but he's still not the answer. No, I think, yeah, at best he's like, he's like a Sabonis, like uh Maybe Kevin Love at like a top ceiling. Back. 
would you say would you say that's fair like his top end is like 20 you know 13 kevin love yeah yeah i don't i don't think he's i don't think he'll be as good as a uh, of a rebounder rebounder. yeah you got that right um but he does have he does have a a decent you know three-point shot you know it's his first year so i'll give him i'll cut him some slack um he does go to the basket quite a bit i'll give him that um I just think once they find an identity, their their team identity, he'll be, he could be a lot more successful, and slide into a, uh, you know, into a more comfortable role. But again, you, they're a bunch of first, second, and third year players, and there's no clear cut leader. There's no go to guy still. There's clearly no all star. No. So you know you're still hovering around the same thing that you have the past ten years, let's say. Um, but yeah, I, you know uh, the rookie, the rookie sophomore thing, whatever you want, whatever they called it this year. I wasn't, I didn't like the format. I hate um, that, dude. Seventy years they played East versus West. Like I understand it's just a game and it's just like whatever, you know. But it's like, dude, you guys played East versus West for seventy fucking years, man. Like I love LeBron, I love Durant, but it just doesn't feel like the same at all. Yeah, I don't know why they why they changed it to that playground format for the All Star game either. Like, pick your team and, and let's roll. Like, I don't. They shouldn't yeah. change that either. I really, really don't like that. And I said that last year. You know, I mean, seventy years. You know, of East versus West, of of Kobe versus Mike. You know, of Shaq versus you know fucking whatever. You know, you and I mean, I don't know, dude. You know, like East West uniforms, All Star uniforms dude those shits used to be fucking expensive at mitchell and s like a julius irving all-star authentic yeah what am i gonna get now a team lebron it's nice they're doing it for charity but they act like they couldn't you know the western conference couldn't have a charity and the eastern conference couldn't have one right let it be like whatever especially because lebron and durant are both in the east and the west now yes i mean i think they and what happens when kd and lebron leave the league you're not going to have the dynamic personalities. I don't know. So anyway, didn't like that. What I did like was the 75, you know, top 75. I like the blazers, uh, the jackets, you know, I like that they didn't like make anybody do it. Like Rodman and Harden were still wearing like, you know, hoodies and sweats under the blazer. Right. But for the most part, it was like, dude, do us a fucking favor, wear some, you know, Navy or dark neutral colors and like business casual or whatever, black, blue sneakers, because we're going to take a photo of all these guys. And, you know, in the past, sometimes, you know, they'll have a jacket and it's like, I like that it was navy, kind of like understated silk nylon. I like the 75 logo. Now, that being said, there are way too many dead white guys on this list who have no fucking business being on this fucking list. I'm I'm of the mindset that, unfortunately, I... Before I would say like 19, I would even go as far as like 1980 before 1980. I can't, I can't give you any input because I clearly didn't see those guys play. I read, I've read NBA history. I've seen, you know, little snippets and clippets and all that other stuff on YouTube and videos that I've seen or VHS tapes when I was growing up when they showed, you know, basketball when it first started and stuff. But I have a problem with some of the guys that they added, that they put on the list that from the current time frame like what has anthony Davis like harden 
And yeah. okay, so here's 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 what Anthony Davis did. He shot forty percent from three in the bubble and won a fucking championship. And in if, the bubble. If, and if it wasn't LeBron James name, I think AD probably would have been the MVP. But other than that, you know, that you're basically acknowledging the bubble as, you know, an authentic season, which I think is I mean, I agree. It's a bit of a forecasting. We happened with this with the top 50, you know, where Shaq was in there and, you know, Penny was in there. And yeah, I mean, I love Harden, you know, more than a lot of people. But to see him there was a little bit, uh, a little bit interesting. But again, dude, it's like some of these dead white guys that you've never even fucking heard of, you know? And you're just like, dude, maybe you guys should have gone to 100. And like, and also like Dennis Rodman, like is Dennis Rodman one of the 75 greatest NBA players ever? I, I would, I would say because Dennis Rodman, because of the way, because of his size, because of the way he played and how dominating he was as far as rebounding. When they won like a you, ton. You, you got to remember that this guy, I don't know what the exact career points per game was, but I don't think he averaged four points a game throughout his career. It's madness. But to average, and I'm pretty sure he led the league at at least three, if not four years in a row. And, yeah. and I think at one point he was up to 17 or 19, point, 19 rebounds a game. And That's won a, a shit ton. Two rings with the Pistons. Three just, three with the Bulls. Yeah, just imagine. Imagine. Okay, just imagine if he was playing right now with the amount of three-pointers that are taken. How many rebounds would he average right now? Yeah, oh, God. Because he was rebounding. He was getting 17, 19 rebounds a game when guys were missing uh, 20, 20 foot, 18 foot jumpers. His now that they're chucking it from half court. Yeah, and his offensive rebounds would have a huge uptick because you have a higher variance of where the ball is spraying to from longer distances. Right. And you know, he was one of those guys that, one of the few guys, if not the only guy, that studied the way the ball bounced off the rim. Maniacally. Yeah, when he was talking about that in the. Uh, in the uh, in the last dance, you were almost like, "Holy shit, man!" Like, yeah, he he really studied the way that that stuff happened. So he it wasn't by fortune that he was eating rebounds. He was doing it because he knew what he was doing. Um, so I don't have a problem with him. But like I said, the, of I would say from the last fifteen years, like I wouldn't put Harden in because Harden hasn't done anything in the NBA. He hasn't won a title. Yes, he won MVP. Yes, he was runner-up or he would finish third in MVP voting once or twice other than winning the MVP. But what has he actually done for the so here's, here's Here's what I'll say. That Warriors team with Durant, I think they swept everyone, right? And Houston took them to seven games. No, no, and I, and I get that. But he wasn't by himself. It'd be different if it was like Dirk. When Dirk beat the Heat, it was really just Dirk. No, but he had he had a lot he had a lot of help, dude. He had a scheme. He, Tyson Chandler anchored the defense. Motherfucking dude, he had Jason fucking Kidd running the offense. And Jason Terry goes white hot, you know. Like Jason Terry, I think shot uh, like fifty eight percent, you know, in that series. And dude, in yeah, game but, four or five, Deshaun Stevenson shot eighty uh, percent from three. But Jason Kidd, Jason Kidd was on the tail end of his so career. So was Stoyakovic. Yeah, yeah. A lot so of them were. You're talking about a bunch of dudes that were literally on their last leg. So and was Dirk Sean Nevinsky. Marion. Yeah. So yeah. I, I can see Dirk being in there, but Harden hasn't won anything. 
Oh, Dirk has no Dirk has to be in there. Twenty eleven yeah. NBA Finals Game Five is top two or three best single performances I've seen because that came down to LeBron was guarding him. You know, twenty eleven LeBron was guarding him, and LeBron was doing a good job. And there was one particular shot, you know, a step back three pointer that he makes that is just uncanny. You know, like LeBron yeah. is right there and he buries Game Five on that shot. You know, I'll never forget. I had a buddy who flew into New York and we were trying to tell him about it. He's like, Oh fuck Dirk. I'm like, dude, I was never anti or pro Dirk, but you got to watch this fucking game. No. Yeah. No, no. He was, the thing and they knocked off Kobe. They knocked off Kobe on the way to that title. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, they did a 75 because it was what the diamond. So well, 75 years yeah. of the NBA. Yeah. Just yeah. like in 94, so, there was 50 years. Yeah. But they, they should have done, I don't know, I think they could have done a little bit more research and they really could have fine, fine-tuned that last list. Because like I said, I, I wouldn't put Davis on there. I wouldn't put Harden on there. Um, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, uh, probably going to get a lot of pushback. I don't know that I would put Durant on there either as two, of right now. Two-time finals MVP. Yeah, but you're going to give him the two-time finals MVP and that's what he, that's why he's on the list because he jumped on a team that won 73 games. Uh, a regular season MVP, yeah, I mean. Dude, I, I, if he's on there, I think Giannis should be, you know? I mean, basically, like, at that point, you know? But, like, I mean, if I, if anything, take Harden and Davis off and you put, and as much as I hate to say it, you put Dwight Howard on and you put yeah. T-Mac on. Yeah, there was a lot of pushback on T-Mac and, uh, and Dwight, yeah, which I think, I think is totally fair because if you have Rodman... I guess the only thing is Rodman won so many championships, you know, but Dwight got right. a ring. Dwight got a ring in 2020. You know, Dwight started game six of the NBA finals that the Lakers won. You know, it was him, Caruso, Rondo, AD, and LeBron. So and what did you think of the guys actually like walking out and like hanging out with each other and stuff? Was that kind of cool for you? Cause I did kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I just find it kind of strange that a lot of those people don't, probably haven't communicated or been in the same circles previously. Like who specifically? Um, I don't know. I, I like, I, I can't see like James Harden hanging out with the older, with the older players. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we're like, we're, yeah. we're like, I'm sure LeBron has a certain rapport with Michael and. Well, then uh, LeBron and Mike actually don't have, too many photo, you know, public photo interactions on record, you know? Uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're best friends or they hang out all the time, but I can see where their interaction looked a little bit more. Well, and how about Mike drunk as hell rubbing Steph Curry's head from behind that him? Was just, that was <laughs> just strange. Well, no, they're just busting his balls, dude, you know? I mean, they're just fucking with them, you know? I mean, look, Mike is from Carolina. Steph's dad is from Carolina, played in Carolina. Right. You know, I'm sure that they've known him his whole life. But yes, Mike was definitely acting up. Somebody might have slipped Mike a Mickey or a Jeffrey because <laughs> he was he was looking lit. And how about, dude, when he walked into the center of the thing to like almost like assert dominance or something? Yes. It's fucking amazing, dude. And it's funny, dude, because we look at MJ now when we see him uh, like on the sideline, you know, and we think, oh, he's like, you know, whatever, not obviously in the same shape that he was in 1998, but mixing it up amongst the other retired players, Jordan looked, I think, the most, you know, physically fit of the guys <laughs> over 50. Ready. <laughs> or of just guy, the guys over 50. I mean, you look at Magic, he's a blimp, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I love Magic, but, you know, he's, you know, Mike looked like he actually, like, you know, still, like, works out. And, yeah, I just, uh, I liked I liked that a lot. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. And the fact that Steph turns around and he's almost, like, smiling and laughing at him, like, you know, a freshman that's being hazed on a fucking, you know, like, recruiting visitor fucking some shit. I mean, it was just hilarious. I just and, think they, I, I think they lucked out because I think the game, the all-star game itself, the way it went, and of course the ending, and then the introduction of the 75 saved them because the entire rest of the week, the weekend was skills shit, competition was dog shit. Yeah. We're not even going to, let's Bro, not even, dunk, uh, not let me even, tell you, I've yeah. watched, I watched the dunk competition since I think 90, 90, 91. Sure. I've literally watched every single one of them since that, since that year. And it's been bad for the past, I would say, seven, eight years. It's been bad. Mm-hmm. Because back then, they used to have, I think, 12 guys start. And then they, sh- they shaved it down to, I think, eight. And it was eight for a while. And now it's only four. So you can't tell me that these four guys, whoever the four guys are, not just pinning, pinning it on the four from this weekend, because it was like, it's been like that for a while. But they can't come up with... I mean, you're not going to come up with anything completely original. You're going to have to mimic something from before, but you could do it. And somebody like a lot of people have, wouldn't have seen it, but you, you can't tell me that those four guys couldn't do anything fairly new when 20 years ago they had 12 dudes and everybody did something different. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And, um, it's, uh, I just, I think, yeah, at this point it might be better off to do like, uh, I don't know, maybe give it a year off or the other, the other problem is in the Olympics, if I'm skating or diving or whatever, my high score that rolls all the way till the end, you know, if I do a winning dunk in the first round, now I have to come back in the second, third and fourth. Like, no dude, like my high score should stay. You have four rounds to now beat my high school. Well, I, I, I partially agree with that. But the flip side to that is, is if you know you have something ridiculous, you shouldn't use it early. Which is exactly why Aaron Gordon lost that year to, was it Zach Levine the first time? Yeah. Right, because he used his best dunk in the first round, which is when he, or the second round, when he jumped over stuff. To me, that was the best dunk. Why did you use it so early? It, if, to, to me, if you know that you're going to be, or you should be in the finals, just get, do something to get by. Because you know, you, you know that one person's going to flop the shit out of it, like, like Cole Anthony. Juan took Kyle Anderson with 17 fucking missed dunks. Right. So you know somebody's going to be in that position, and then you know somebody else is going to try too hard, and they're going to do something where, yeah, they made it, but it didn't look the way it was supposed to look. So that leaves the other two guys to just get by to the next round, which is what, again, I, what Aaron Gordon should have done. I, that, I, that I agree that he doesn't play it strategically the smartest, but I still think the format is stupid. And you got to look at like Olympic diving or something to get, to get, to get around that. Also, maybe we're at a place now where we don't need to see every motherfucking dunk, you know, show us the completed ones, you know, the idea, or even if a guy misses fucking seven or eight, maybe we can see two misses and one make or something. Just get right. But because, but because they do it live. Yeah. I don't think we need it live anymore. I don't think, you know, maybe we've advanced. I mean, Christ, if we're getting rid of East West, you know, like, I just think I just think they need to they can't force but they really need to get the guys that matter to do the dunk competition is what they need to do. 
which is who right now? Like John ja Morant, if you could pick. John ja Morant. Um, Probably maybe Jonathan Kaminga. I would still give him another year or two. Let him get it. Let him get him settled as far as getting consistent minutes because he's not getting consistent minutes still. But I feel like Westbrook could still. And you like the guys who are between a five eleven and six five because if you're over six ten, it looks less impressive. And if you're super small, you're limited in what you do. You know that's why Mike was perfect. Right. He's tall enough to jump for the free throw line, but not so tall that he's uncoordinated and. I just, yeah, it's a tough one, dude. I mean, it's like, it's like rap music almost, you know, I think it just peaked in, in the nineties, basically. But, all right. Any more all-star thoughts before we go to Kyrie Simmons, Harden? Um, no, other than, um, I didn't watch the very end of the game, the all-star game. Um, do, but, do you like the Elam ending? But because, <laughs> but because Steph had so, so many, so many points, I, I had a funny feeling that it was going to end up in LeBron's hands at the end because he didn't want to get shown up at home. So the fact that he did hit the game when he shot doesn't surprise me because it, I'm sure, I'm sure in the huddle, he, you know, he wrote his own play like he always does. And, you know, him being back home, he didn't want to get shown up because I guess, you know, with Curry going bananas and what did he hit five straight? Well, from like half court. How, how about Steph? Letting it go from the logo and turning around. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're in that rhythm and you know how your body is, and you know how your form is, and you know how you can shoot, and you can just feel it. And, and apparently he just knows because he does that in games. That's nothing new. I don't know that he's done it from that far before and turned around, but I've seen him shoot on a fast break where it's three on one and he just, you know, stops five feet short of the line throws it and then turns around. He already knows it, it's going in. So it's like, but, uh, but yeah, I, that, I just that's think why that the, I think he could golf, you know, because the, I feel like a jump shot and a golf swing are similar as when, you know, when you hit it pure, like, I really think Steph could probably play bro. And he's in such good well, shape that he won't get tired walking the court. Well, he does play golf. I mean, he, and he's golfed ever since he was a little kid, I'm sure. But no, but I think he could like, I think he could like play like on the PGA but, tour. No, but it, it's different because there's so many outside factors that can affect your shot when you're when you're playing golf. Where in basketball, there's not a lot of outside factors because you're indoors. Yeah. So, but I I can see I can see what you're saying, I'm, and I'm sure, and I'm, I'm gonna put past him if he retires from basketball, takes a couple takes a year or two off, and then goes right into the PGA Tour. I would not be surprised. And the PGA needs it. Like they need an injection of attention. Youth. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, just, yeah, people giving a fuck about it. Uh, all right, so, look, Ben Simmons traded for James Harden, Paul Millsap. Uh, the Nets received Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. I, uh, <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about this, man, because I feel like when Carmelo did this to New York, he should have just waited till the offseason. And if the Sixers really did have so much leverage, you know, you said it yourself, they're better without Simmons, you know? So whatever, Harden's going to play his first game this Friday. But I mean, um, what are your thoughts on that, on that trade? Um, I don't like how the trade went down because clearly Simmons just won out of Philadelphia. I don't think there's anything mentally wrong with him. I think the mental thing that's wrong with him is he doesn't like the pressure because 
everything started going downhill right after he drove to the basket in that playoff game and passed the ball after he really just had to lay it up. So I, the fact that so here, here, here's what I heard. I heard that Ben Simmons had coronavirus during the Eastern Conference Finals, or if he didn't have coronavirus, he had been in close contact with someone and he basically didn't want to play, you know, and that, uh, and that they probably should have just, you know, if there was better communication, they might have let him sit and they might have been better off, you know. So, uh, so that's good. Okay, we'll take a break in 10 minutes anyway before we go to NFL. But uh, that's what I heard, you know. And and uh, I think Philadelphia, dude, they'll get on your motherfucking ass, bro. You know, like, yeah. I'm sh- And that's, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, again, I don't like the way the whole thing shut down. I think I do think that the trade does work for both teams. Um, it gives Embiid the actual other superstar that he needs to push the Sixers to the top of the Eastern Conference. And, and the way he them. was playing, though, I don't know if they even needed it, bro. I mean, uh, you, like I, it's different. the The regular season is so much different from the playoffs. And I, I know that Tyrese Maxey has stepped up. And that Tobias Harris, you know, is Tobias that's who Harris I wanted moves. moved. You know, that's who I wanted moved. I, I was yeah, hoping. but that that contract that he has is a, it's a it's a chunk. That's why I wanted and, the Kings to do the Harrison Barnes, our Harris for your Harrison. <laughs> but but yeah, so where, I, I where do you think it leaves them? Do you see the Nets? Do you think Daryl Morey says, "Look, we're both going to win championships for the next two years. The West is falling off." Okay, let's do this deal, and we'll see you in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, who do you project to be in the ECF now? Um, you have Milwaukee I, still. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely putting Milwaukee. I think, I think the trade pushes the Sixers more into the championship game with the Bucs. Um, I don't trust Miami because at the end of the day, it's still Jimmy Butler-driven, and I don't really trust anybody else on that team. Um, I know Bam is a solid. You know what you're going to get from Bam Adebayo. Tyler Hero is a loose cannon. Uh, Duncan Robinson is a loose cannon. Uh, I know Kyle Lowry's there, but Kyle Lowry misses games because of stupid things, stupid injuries every once in a I while. Mean, I think I think it's it's Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Brooklyn. It's just a question of seeding and if they're all going to be in a position to make the semifinals at the same time, or if they're going to end up facing off against each I other. Don't, Do you agree with that? I don't. I don't know. You, you Brooklyn, like Chicago to um, to upset that to disrupt that four, or you think Brooklyn think maybe takes the year off and says we'll see you next year? I think it's going to be some between Chicago and Cleveland. I wouldn't count Cleveland out either. Wow. Um, solely solely based on the fact that now that Karis Levert is there, and Levert played with Allen, and they were both in Brooklyn when Brooklyn was good before Durant. And Kyrie and Harden got there. They were decent. Yeah, they were. I mean, for what they had between those two and Dinwiddie, they were they were pretty solid. And they just needed a piece, and then they I shook up to, the whole I thing. I have to take it back, dude. DeRozan's been unbelievable. You know, uh, I he's and, been amazing. And you, know, and, and you know what's crazy is, I think he's. I think this year has. I've always liked him. I didn't like. I didn't like Toronto, so I didn't care too he's much to watch. Bigger though, he's stronger now. And and. I think him going to San Antonio was more like three years of rehab where he just did what pop wanted him to do. He's like, well, I'm not going to be here for very long because I'm, I'm way too old for the, what they're trying to do. 
and he just used it as to rehab his jump shot to fix a little a, a few a few little things here and there and now he's playing along with another i mean oh, but he's cut he's cut up like you look at his shoulders and his arms like he yeah, definitely but he, he was he was like that in toronto I, I, I don't know, dude. He, he, I, he looked at him as kind of skinny. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he was out of shape, but I'm saying, like, no, no, I, I, understand, know. I understand what you're saying. He, he I feel like, like he, this offseason, it almost looked like he got a different trainer or something. That's possible. But, but I think he's, he's cemented himself in, as a superstar. Like, and, and, and when I say superstar, I know people like, oh, production, he's, not personality, he's, but production. He, he's not LeBron. Yeah, but LeBron and KD and. Steph Curry are above the, above the superstar status. You see what I'm saying? That's the way I look at it in my head. They're above that status. Giannis Where, as well. Yeah, I would put Giannis up there. Like, and then you have the first tier of actual like mere like mortal superstars. Then that's like to me, Kyrie's in that category. Luka Doncic. You, yeah, until Luka does something extraordinary, he's in that category. But I think DeMar DeRozan has, has Kawhi, taken this year and, and cemented Leonard, himself in Dan that Miller. first. Yeah. Right, in that first tier. Yeah. I think, I think Levine is maybe at the beginning of the second tier. But if they make some noise. It's going to come down to the seating, bro. And them and Miami are going to win a lot of regular season games. You know, they're going to, one of them had definitely has a chance to disrupt that final four. I agree. Because it's going right. to seed in such a place that Milwaukee's going to end up playing Brooklyn or Miami or Philadelphia or uh, in the first round or the yeah or the second round, you know, to the point that like at this point, I'd like to say that I could guarantee you Milwaukee, Philadelphia, or Brooklyn is going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, but because of what Miami and Chicago are doing, I can't be so sure. And of course, <laughs> don't I, I still think one one of the top three seeds gets upset in the first round. Well, and, and if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm like, hey, Doc, I don't give a fuck because if you don't make the ECF, I'm firing you and I'm getting another coach. So it's yeah, whatever. You know, I'll have Mike D'Antoni here in a fucking second. Yeah, I don't think Doc's going to be there next year either way. I mean, I think they have to win. You know, I think anything short of a finals appearance at this point probably results in a change. And it was definitely if they come up short of the Eastern Conference Finals. I would be stunned if it wasn't Mike D'Antoni prowling that sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that's good analysis. Uh, all right. So look, you want to take a quick break and then we'll do the, the NFL season wrap and we'll, um, we'll get into Juwan Howard after that. Yes. And I also, if we have a spare three minutes, no, we do. Yeah. Like, whatever you want I to would, do. I would like to get into some baseball. Oh, with the lockout? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, it sounds like – dude, the, they're, they're right. I mean, they, the people have been pimping the system of service time, you know, of sending guys down and, you know, yeah. and it's suppressing super, their salary. Super yeah. shitty. Yeah. It's super shitty when they do that. And you have – I think it's like six or seven years to get to arbitration, you know? So, yeah. yeah, it's fucked up. And I think that – but, again, baseball's revenues are suffering, so they've – yeah, dude, they're in a – they're not in a good position, well, bro. They've been surpassed by UFC as the fourth major sport. Their 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 revenue is suffering. So, is it a good idea to have a lockout? No, but they're saying we can't afford to not pimp players through the service time salary suppression because our, I agree, dude. It's listen, and the other thing is they're saying, "Yo, guys are getting this money." Last year we didn't play 162 games. 
So if I'm giving you 155 mil and we're only going to play, I mean, yeah, dude, they're, they're in trouble, man. They're in trouble. They really are because I don't give a fuck about baseball to the playoffs. Right. And that's, that's most people, unless you, unless you grew up watching it, which I as did. As, I used to go to Tigers games, and yeah, then it's sad, bro. But but, but yeah. the average person doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they got they got problems. So what do you see? You see. So like like I was saying, Charlie, uh, and you said that the, the owners are suffering with the revenue. Uh, you're not going to help your revenue stream by canceling games. Um, you know, and and at the end of the day, like I don't know the all of the specifics. I know the, the, the bulk of it is they want to help the, the minor league players make more money and better accommodations for minor leaguers and lower the service time that, you know, you have to that's, be attached that's to the, the team main to put thing. you up. And, they're they're yeah. pimping the shit out so that even if you're balling at the show, they're sending you back down so that they can suppress your salary. And I think the Yankees are the ones who really – they couldn't hide it anymore because they had guys coming up and they were sending them back down and people were like, yo, what the fuck? Well, they, they, uh, they, they all do it. Um, and but they're it, the it ones that everybody watches the Yankees, you know, like you can get away with that in fucking Tampa, San Diego, you know, but you can't get away yeah. with it in New York. Yeah. But it, with, with the Yankees, it wasn't so much the big name players. Like I, I, I don't know if, because they're sending them before they become big names. Do they did it to Starlin Castro? Like, there's a couple examples. Because the Cubs did it with Chris Bryant. That was like a flagrant one. And, and, and he, he knew it. And everybody knew it because he was – apparently he balled out in, in spring training. He didn't make the roster going into the beginning of the season. And then right after the time frame where he could get called up and they'd get him for an extra year, they called him up. So it, it was just blatant. You know, well, and that's, you know, Manford and that's really needs to chill because Manford just keeps whoops the player's ass in these collective bargaining agreements. And it's like, dog, look yourself in the mirror and ask you if this is really going to last four years. You've buried these guys so bad, you know? Yeah. And, and it's crazy because they're so far from, the, from what, all the videos and stuff that I've seen, they're so far apart in these negotiations. They're not even close. And if and, and the talk is if they don't get something done by Saturday, which is uh, the twenty, no, I think it's by Monday, the twenty eighth. Uh, if they don't get something done by the twenty eighth, then they're definitely going to miss games. Right now, they oh they're, they're missing scheduled. games. They're missing games. Well, they've they've said that they're going to miss games. They already put that that they're going to that the earliest start they could start is the fifth of March, or I'm sorry, the the fifth of April, but. They can, they can shorten spring training and go into the season at the, at the regular time if they get it done by the 28th. If it goes past the 28th and you're missing, then you're definitely missing the first couple weeks of the regular season, which is stupid. When is opening day usually? Uh, this year it's the 31st. Of April? Oh. Of uh, April. Oh, 31st of March. 31st of March. It's too right. early. Okay. That's way too early. But, you know, and, 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 and it's, it's sad because these owners make – billions of dollars you know what i'm saying it's it's not like just think about it you have a the, the average stadium sits what 30 30,000 35,000 40,000 and you got you got corporate season ticket commitments of at least 14,000 of those seats you know and, and then you got, up for- you got 81 home games 
minus the Miami Marlins. Plus the plus the revenue sharing and the TV contracts. Yeah, dude, it's a sweet gig. So it, they're making money hand hand you know hand over fist, and it's, they don't want to part ways with what they're making. They don't want to make less than what they're used to making. That's the problem. It's just like any big corporation when all these like I used to work for Walgreens. And they started closing down places left and right because they weren't making the amount of money that they were make, they were used to making. They were losing money. When you get to a, you know you get to a certain point in your business where you're not losing money, you're just not making what you're used to making, and then you you flag that as being taking a hit. When you're not really taking a hit, you're not really ever in the red at some point. Would you guys agree that if we're not to parse college football and the NFL into two separate sports, that right now it's football, basketball, UFC? And then would you guys have hockey next or would you have baseball in front of hockey still? I think for, for what though, what are we talking about? The four major sports in America. Well, baseball is over hockey for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That would say for sure. But I think, U- I think UFC is past hockey and baseball personally. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's taken a big dip the last year and a half, two years. But if yeah, UFC pops out, if if UFC pops out tomorrow and says, you know, McGregor is going to fight fucking Brock Lesnar or whatever, like they don't have a big fight right now, you know, this year, superstar. But for me, I mean, dude, fuck, I don't give a shit about hockey, you know. I think hockey still is still big, but I don't know. The thing with the UFC is UFC is like major fights in a year that are like massive. Yeah, like one, two, three, maybe. You still have big-time hockey fans. You know, there's still teams throughout the country that have sellout games during the regular season. I don't know. I guess the fact that it's even a conversation, though, right, shows that how bad they fumbled the bag. No, yeah. And, and like I said, this, the, the lockout isn't going to help. They're going to lose a lot of people that they probably just finished getting back from the last time there was issues. And you're going to lose those people. I mean, look, the average person doesn't watch baseball, a baseball game anyway. If they do watch, it's either the first inning or two or it's the last inning or two, depending on That's true, what, bro. When I was younger, I used, to watch, I used to watch baseball games, like, religiously when I was younger. Like, full games didn't matter. Like, yeah. You, you're, you guys are both Yankee fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I grew up a Yankees fan. My dad was a Yankees fan, you know. I used to watch them all the time, but as I got older, it just, I don't know. I, I would always watch playoffs, but I just never used to watch regular games and regular season games. Well, we're all in our thirties. So the 94 strike took a big toll. You know, I mean, I remember like being fucking pissed dude. the Expos were going to win the world series that year. <clears throat> and I was fucking about as pissed as a, you know, a kid in fucking elementary school can be. And, uh, I turned my attention to, uh, you know, to hoops and to the NFL. Speaking of which, uh, we're going to wrap the Super Bowl and the NFL. Um, did uh, did you guys? Did you guys? Here's here's the main thing people are talking about. Right? Is Joe Mixon not being on the field on that? What was it third or fourth and one when they had P Ryan in there? Which I didn't understand. And, and, yeah. yeah, it's like I think Taylor's just like not that good of a coach. And 
I think McVay is a good coach, but he hinders himself by being too conservative. And I think that I don't, I don't know. I think Taylor's a good coach. I think he was just in the moment. He wasn't. He said, "I'm going to trick know. them because they're going to think if Mixon's off the field, we're not running." But then you end up in the Marshawn Lynch of how do you need one yard and you're not giving it to Marshawn? I agree. And also, um, my bad, dude, for cutting you off. No, no, we um, want you to jump in. We'll we have our notes in front that, of us. One thing that uh, uh, to go like a little off is that P. Ryan. Uh, he hasn't really had a very good NFL career yet or it's till you till now, but he's a good player. But, uh, you know, they both played at Oklahoma and P Ryan was a beast. Now he's a, he's a good player. Yeah. I was, I don't even know why they, they should have had mixing in. Yes. But did you guys see the throw? Like he could have dove for that. He didn't even die. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. There was, there was the, the play where they, it was third and was it third and one? Third and two? It's fourth and one. Fourth and one? Okay. He he could have stretched and gotten the first down. I've watched that play over and over again. He could have stretched the Agreed. ball out and, and gotten the first down. That's one. And then you leave him in at the end of the game. And yes, he could have dove for that ball. 100%. Like, don't get me wrong. It's the Super Bowl, bro. Yeah. Like it's if it's you not a, a fumble on the ground where, yeah, five, seven people are diving for it and four of them are linemen. It's just a pass. But there was plenty of space for him to, to make, make an attempt to make a catch on that play. I just don't even think it should have gotten to that point, boys. No, Straight it up. shouldn't have. It shouldn't have. After they came out in the, third, in the beginning of the third quarter and threw that touchdown, granted, it was the worst pass interference call I've ever seen. Or What since, was it? What was it? It was like they were up by – The Bengals were up by 10 at one point, yeah. yeah. Was it – I thought it was 16 to 16-10? No, what was it? 17-7 or something. They had a 10-point lead at one point at late in the third quarter. and Because yeah. after Beckham goes out, McVay's you know, conservative game plan is kind of fucking him over because they're not balancing it out with the shots. And I think someone got with McVay and was like, dude. We also gonna... have to give uh, 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 the Bengals defense their, their props, bro. They, yeah. were, they were playing. For keeping it close. Yeah. You know, a lot of people thought the Rams were going to blow them out. Yes, yes, exactly. I think if Odell doesn't get hurt, it, it's it's an easier cruise. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know dude. Him getting know, hurt dude. made that much oh, of a dude, difference. Dude, come on. We got, when you have Odell and Cooper Cup, that's a big fucking difference, bro. Yeah, but look, I don't like Odell Beckham and his hair and his letting women, you know, defecate on him and. All that stuff, okay? He made Tom <laughs> he made Tom Coughlin's cheeks get redder than anyone in ever history, okay? But I'm I can't sit here, bro. Talent is talent, you know. It's only him rap about that Bengals D line, bro. Dude, they played very, very well. Well enough to win. Tackle. That one D tackle, uh what's his name? I don't know his name, dude. He was he was all over the field. And they got that that deep the uh what's his name? The white guy at the end, he's a beast too. But everybody's giving D- Eli DJ shit. DJ Reader. Well, Eli Apple talks a lot of shit, you know, he and does. he does. He it's does, amazing but... how many former Giants are just like floating around, you know, in, in deep playoff games. You know, it's like fucking JPP is out here. You know, Eli Apple is out here. Janoris Jenkins is out here. And uh, we can't forget that that on that last play on that fourth and one, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Ramsey fell down, and that that wide receiver was wide open. Yeah. Oh, Jamar Chase. 
Yeah, yeah it was down the field. Yep. No, Burrow missed. Burrow missed a few people that were wide open. I know. I know. In the first half, there was two or three plays where I was like, he didn't see that guy right there. No, we got to remember, bro. It's the Bengals. You know what I mean? And it's Burrow. He's what, like two years? He's in. He had. He just was. He played his twenty third game because he made it right. to the Super Bowl. Right. The first year he was out a bunch of games because of the knee. Um. They just can't. They just can't get comfortable and not. Well, I mean, they still need to improve the defense slightly, but they got to get him help on the offensive line because if you don't keep that dude, always if you don't keep yeah. that dude upright, he's Andrew Luck. Well, dude, yeah. he uh, he had an MCL strain, and he went back in. You know, like that's fucking risky. That's another part of the problem is that he doesn't mind the contact. He likes to mix it up. Yeah, because I know he got hurt on that play. No, he, they said oh, it was a mild sure. a mild MCL strain. And he went back yeah. in the game, and it's like, dude, that's fucking risky as hell, bro, to not have that evaluated. Super Bowl, man. Super Bowl. No, I know and it he is. Knows, and he's but already if you, seen what Patrick, but if what Patrick re- Mahomes has been through, where Patrick got to the Super Bowl 1-1 and hasn't, and it can't get back. Well, that's kind of interesting, because I think the Chiefs really fucked up bad. Like, the Chiefs, once they get by the Bulls, you have to be like, all right, guys, enough with the bullshit. They're going to drop eight into coverage. We have to run the fucking football. Like, that was just, like, it was just stubbornness to me. So, what do you – so, yeah, so what is your overall take on the game? Dude, as long as the Rams handled their business, the NFL wasn't going to let them lose. This is two years in a row now that a team has had the Super Bowl at home, and they've won it. In the entire history of the NFL, a team's never had a home Super Bowl. It's a little suspicious. Hey, well, since they, they kept it at three points, I'm sure the bookies in Vegas lost some, some bread. I, I should have yeah, bet it. Was, it was four, right? Yeah, it started, oh, no, four yeah sorry. started at four and a half, and it went down to 3.5. And my prediction that I should have bet, but I don't because I have an addictive personality, was Rams winning, but Bengals covered. And they yeah, did. I they missed covered. that extra point. They missed that extra point. Yeah, that's hilarious, right? That's crazy. It's crazy. It was that's who you want to get to, right? As a kicker or a holder or a snapper. Say, hey, buddy, here's five million. Bucks. Well, it wasn't even that. It was a. It was a. Uh, it was either a bad snap or it was a the the place uh, the holder just fumbled it. Yeah, any one of those guys is vulnerable to being bribed. Certainly more than a than a major player. What do and you guys I, think about the halftime show? Oh, incredible! I thought it was good. I just expected a lot more. Well, I, I could have done without Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent, and Kendrick Lamar. You know, like, I could have done with, like, just a straight, like, Snoop and Dre taking us through the history. You know, nothing but a G thing, you know, like. But, no, dude, that shit was fucking incredible, dude. And just as a DJ, Still DRE is, like, a complicated song. You can't really mix Still DRE. Because it just comes in with that Scott Storch, that legendary. Was the, dun, dun, was the dun, whole dun. thing? Was the whole thing with Eminem taking a knee? Was that like the whole like uh, players taking a knee during the anthem? Th- they they tried to tell him don't do it, and they said to Dr. Dre, "Don't say still not loving police and still DRE," but both of them still did it and did it. But dude, fuck Eminem, man! It's fake, fucking you know, like such bullshit. I don't know, whatever. But you guys see Snoop hitting the blunt like right before you went in. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, would I you? It. Would you? Would you? I mean, you'd you know if if he didn't do that, you'd be upset. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he has to have an. He's edible. not being himself. 
has to have at least have an edible. But the way they drop Still DRE, I guess what I'm trying to say is like that song is iconic when you hear that come in, right? But you can't really like mix it or blend it with the other records. So the way they did it was they kind of like segued it in and they paused for a beat and then they dropped it No, it, it was in. dope. It was definitely dope. And it was the like, game, oh, shit. The game was all over social media talking shit like I should have been in that. So here's the thing about the game. Number one, no, you shouldn't have because you're a messy ass motherfucker who does anything for fucking attention. Now, you know, game's last single, he's talking about Kim Kardashian, you know, had my fucking kids in her throat, like until she choked. And it's like, okay, dude, like can talk, can, this all comes down to aging gracefully, you know, which I know it's difficult <laughs> to do in hip hop. It's tough, dude. I'm, I'm trying struggling with it right now, you know, but no dude, fuck that. And like, dude, there's a lot of people. Warren G. I mean, you know, Nate Dog, R.I.P. You know, the, like the Loonies. Yeah, well, they're uh, they're from Oakland, but uh, yeah, I mean, the game is L.A. He's a he's a son of L.A. You know, but unfortunately, and dude, he'd already been surpassed by Nipsey Hussle before Nipsey's murder. You know, the Rams came out to Nipsey. You know, like uh, even if there were to be someone else there, it would have been Nipsey and not not him. And yeah. Again, Mary J. Blige, I don't, you know, I love her, but it was just kind of like, she's from New York, like, so is 50, like, what are, what the fuck is going on? I think it was a good, a good switch up for the show, you know, uh, for us people of our age. It was, it was nice. It was good. Well, this is Jay-Z's contribution. This is the first year that he's had control of, you know, this is his role. He's like some kind of cultural ambassador, you know, to help the NFL not, like completely shit on you know black people i guess can we uh it doesn't have to be right now but can we talk about uh brian flores dude yeah i mean let's wrap our super bowl thoughts and then just go nfl at large do you guys have anything else uh i was rooting for the Bengals, and i wish they would have won me too they're there ahead of schedule so so yeah dude brian flores fucking basically blowing the roof off of the NFL good old boys club and putting Steven Ross in a position where I think he's probably going to have to sell the club. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, uh, I think, uh, did Flores just get picked up by the Steelers? He is, uh, a coach. I forgot what the exact title is, but he's with the Steelers. He's like a senior defensive coordinator or something. So the way I looked at it was, is that's going to be Tomlin's replacement. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. He's going to be, he's going to be working with them while that suit is going through litigation. Cause I can't see, I mean, Ben's leaving. They're probably going to get rid of Claypool. I can't see Tomlin being there. Maybe another two years at most. What was the other black coach um, that went through something like that? I think he oh, used to be a coach for uh, the not Bengals. Marvin, not Marvin Lewis. No, the Browns coach. Um, uh, Hugh Jackson. Yeah, Hugh Jackson. Also he like the Raiders. Him and he was like, yo, I'm, I'm all in with him if he wants to get down on the suit. Like, he'll have his back and, like, testify too. Well, this almost happened. Johnny Cochran drafted this, like, 10 or 12 years ago. And you know, it didn't end up going through. And this suit might not go through either. It might remain in arbitration. and But it's going to be tough to protect Steven Ross, well, bro. Cause I mean, do, do you guys really think the Giants, like, really just, like, dog and pony showed him? Like, Yes, like- I, I do. And here's one of the reasons. Because uh, Mike Lombardi, 
is basically an NFL shill, right? All he has is the Lombardi name. He's never done anything on his own. And he was on Mad Dog on Sirius, and he was just going so hard about the Giants and Flores. And I'm like, that's weird, you know? Like, it was like, why are you going so hard with this? Did someone from the NFL tell you, yo, like, push this narrative because – and yeah, dude, the Rooney rule is, I mean, dude, affirmative action, I think was something we had to go through in America, but we went through it in the nineties, but it just sucks that we kind of still don't, especially not in the NFL, you know, where it's 30 guys and only one of them is not white and he's Arabian. No, I think, you know, when, when I've never met Brian Flores, obviously I'm, I'm judging his character based off of what I've seen through, uh, um, um, press conferences and, and his coaching and whatever. As a Dolphins fan, though, yeah. I don't think that he would lie about um, uh, the owner telling him Fuck 100K no. a game to blow the games. Fuck no. Fuck no. Andy took two years to, to blow the roof off. And apparently he's got, like, uh, evidence of it, like, in emails or in writing, <sighs> which is nuts. How funny is Belichick texting the wrong person? <laughs> I think <laughs> that might have been either he's an idiot or he did that on purpose because he doesn't like the, the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or he's I just like, or he's just not a racist, you know, and he's tired of these closed door, good old boy. I don't think, I don't think Belichick's a racist at all. Exactly. I think, I think you guys are giving it too, too much credit. I think he's just old. Yeah, possibly. And he fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's so And funny. what do you guys think about the new Dolphins coach? The guy who identifies as multiracial? <laughs> he's not, he not going to be there very long. Yeah, I don't see it happening very long. I can't see him getting the locker room to go in his direction. Because what, what has he done? I, I've, never honest, heard I've, any, I've never heard I of him. I had never heard of him either, to be honest. That's pretty amazing. So I don't know what uh, what's going to go down with that. Um, oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, he's probably going to have to sell. Because even if he says, no, I didn't tell him lose on purpose, but if he did lose, I would give him the money. It's still like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, but and- if, he, if Flores has it in, in an email or in writing, like legit him saying, each game you tank, so we can get the first pick. You get an extra hundred k. Can't that even be like like dialed up as like like gambling, cheating? Oh, like, well, dude, the Donahue, the guy, the NBA ref who got his legs broken in jail for spilling the beans. They estimated that just East Coast Cosa Nostra profited in excess of one hundred and fifty million dollars between you know two thousand and twenty eleven on on NBA, you know, regular season and postseason point spread manipulation. So it opens a door to a room that I just don't know why an owner with money like that would, would, would compromise himself like that. I mean, dude, he's, he paid for the Michigan university business. You guys even like, (laughs) like how is that even possible nowadays? Like what, what? But if you're, if you got someone who's betting, you know, the game, you're making fucking a couple million each weekend. Dude, what's his name? The Colts owner was driving around with like, you know, a hundred different fucking pills, remember? 
Like these guys <laughs> yeah. are wild, you know. Like I told, <laughs> who was that? Jim uh, Ursay. Yeah, Ursay. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He was chirped up, and he was driving himself. It wasn't even like the limo driver made an illegal U-turn. He was like solo. Like he probably just met the plug. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think Ross is going to have to sell, and I think he might end up. Something might happen where Brady comes out of retirement and plays for two years on some like Michael Jordan shit, and then Brady. You really, you really think Brady's coming out? No, I, th- I think if there's an opportunity for him to own an NFL team, he'll play for two years and then take over the team with the ownership group. Because I don't think he can coach, uh, but I don't see him don't leaving football. I don't think Brady's the type of guy to say I'm done and then come back. I would agree, but I kind of got the sense that he was done with the Bucks. Because Brady treats NFL teams like, you know, like second wives. Like once they've had two kids and they're not as hot as they used to be and they're struggling in cap hell. Well, they do. He did it. Dude, he left the, the Patriots in cap hell and he's leaving the Bucks the same way. I mean, I don't blame him. It's like there's restrictions. You backload contracts, you cycle up, and then after the fifth of the four years, you have to – you have to pay everything wow. off. So, um, real quick, off topic, uh, I just want you guys to know that the Miami Hurricanes, as you know, they they uh, tore down the Orange Bowl. Uh, they have come up with a new location, and they're building. They're going to start building a new Orange Bowl here in Miami at an awesome in Coconut spot. Grove or Corbin? no, in Kendall, right off the Palmetto, where Tropical Park is. Oh, and no it, shit. And it's, it's going to be sick. It's going to be sick. The games are going to be so rowdy. It's going to be ridiculous. And that's the reason why the UM games are like a lot. Obviously, the Hurricanes have fallen off the map the last few years, obviously. But one of the reasons is, is because we play at the Dolphin Stadium and people have to drive, you know, 45 the minutes. The Miami Garden to the border of Broward yeah. County. And this stadium where it's going to be at is like in the middle of. It's just it's going to be fantastic. Well, as an outsider, I I understood the stadium being in Miami Gardens because, uh, like, just as someone who just moved down here, like if you were to look at it, like New York, Miami Beach is Manhattan, Fort Lauderdale is Westchester, and then South Miami is like Brooklyn, Staten Island, and Long Island. So the idea of not of putting the stadium in Westchester County or like Giant Stadium being in New Jersey, even the Yankee Stadium being in the Bronx, like I get it. You know, sometimes it's hard to drop a stadium right in the middle of everything. Yeah, they were uh, they were in negotiations on locations, and they came up with that. It's already a go. So that's, that's incredible. Amazing. Yep. So segueing into college athletics. Uh, Unless anybody has any more NFL or Super Bowl thoughts. Good job nope. at bringing up the halftime, Stan. I might have missed that. Yep, yep. All right. Whatever you guys want to talk about, I'm down. Well, we're on to my guy, Juwan Howard. And the, the, <laughs> the bitch slap heard around the world. Uh, so just to intro this, I'm very, very biased. I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I didn't leave until I was 18. Uh, I've probably been to a hundred Michigan athletic competitions, whether it's, you know, hockey, baseball or basketball or whatever football. And, uh, you know, the summer before my senior year, I was at fucking basketball camp and Juwan Howard came to talk to us. And then he was taking questions at the end 
and a kid asked, how big is Shaq? And I was sitting like near the front and I had on a Chris Weber uh, Sacramento Kings jersey. And he goes, you, he goes, come up here. At the time I was probably like six, you know, two or something. Juwan, six, ten. And he goes, come here and stand, stand next to me. And he goes, you see how much bigger I am than he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Charlie. He's like, then Charlie. And they're like, yeah. And he goes, that's how much bigger Shaq is than, than the rest of the NBA players. And everyone <laughs> was like, oh shit. And he fucking dat me up. And I went back to sit down and I was like, yo, I was like, nice to meet you, man. I was like, fat five. I was like, you guys were like my heroes. And he was like, yo, like no doubt, like whatever. I forget exactly what he said, but Juwan Howard is my fucking guy, dude. Uh, yeah, I he's a really nice guy. Who would mess with Juwan Howard? It's not somebody so you want to mess with. This though. is what Wisconsin does though. Okay. Like Juwan Howard grew up on the South side of Chicago. They used to have to sleep on the floor when there were shootouts to make sure that they didn't get hit by a stray through the window. Uh, and this man was just on an NBA roster like four or five years ago. He was doing the Udonis Haslam thing. They baited him into this, you know, and then the other assistant. Wait, wasn't, wasn't Juwan Howard like an assistant coach for the Heat? Yeah, but he, he only did that for a couple years. He was in uniform up until like here, I'll look it up, but he was on the roster until. Now you guys are going to have to explain to me the situation that happened at the game and why it popped off. Do you want to take that, clip. Tony? Do you have enough on that to do that? Um, yeah, I guess, I guess Michigan was getting railroaded and, uh, the coach from Wisconsin called a timeout. Uh, it had to be a minute and a half left or under a minute left uh, because uh, Howard started running a press and the other, the coach from Wisconsin didn't feel like he, uh, like his kids would have had enough time because there was going to be some kind of a 10 second runoff or time was going to be run off the clock. So he so called he started, a timeout. He started doing a, like a full court press. Yeah. They let his backups press Wisconsin's backups, and they okay, were going to have a turnover. Was left? They were down 15 with, like, less a minute 30, or less. Yeah, it was, like, 38 seconds left or 48 seconds left. Oh, okay. Left. All right, all right. And the guy called a timeout, so Jawan Howard got upset because he's, like, you know, it's, for you know, lack of a better term, Bush League, that you're up by 15 with 30 seconds left. Nobody's going to score 15 points in 30 seconds. That's not – that's just – unless you're Tracy McGrady, that's not going to happen. Right. So, we're just treating this as a situation where, like, we can learn for something. Let, let's press. Right. So he said, so the other, the coach from Wisconsin is like, I don't want to put my kids in a position to have to break the, the, the full court press in four seconds. So I called the timeout and I was going to explain that to him. Well, he went over to him when they were, you know, supposed to do the handshakes after the game. And he was going to say something to Jawan Howard and Jawan Howard went to walk past him and he grabbed Jawan Howard, uh, Jawan Howard's right arm. So yeah, Juwan's walking up, and he's, the Wisconsin coach grabbed Juwan. So so they're yes. walking, they're doing the handshake line. Juwan slurs him a dap, and he says, "I'm going to remember that shit." And he basically tries to move past him, and the coach says, "Whoa!" and puts both his hands basically on Juwan's midsection, and he says, "Don't touch me once." Then he says, "Don't fucking touch me twice." Then he says, "Don't fucking touch me a third time," and then this fucking assistant runs over. And basically yeah, bangs into one of Michigan's players. And Juwan just basically snuffs him, you know. And uh, I love hand? it. They're saying it. It's a slap. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of with, like, the base of his palm, basically. I don't have a problem with it all, and I love it. And I'm so grateful that he's not getting fired. Because if he'd have been fired, that would have been fucking stupid as fuck. But this is what Wisconsin does, bro. They... They're okay, right? But they don't have any national championships, bro. 
and they're yeah, mad. And the fucking- video clips that I saw of what happened after, uh, nobody should be getting fired. Um, and if it went down like verbally, what you're saying, Charlie, uh, yeah, no, he basically told the guy grabbed him. He told him, yo, don't touch me multiple times. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? The difference is it's a white guy with hands on the midsection versus an African-American man with the hand coming over the top. But you and I and know. That's the problem. And that's the problem. Perception. That's the problem with this. Well, that's the problem is that people perceive it that way. And it shouldn't be looked at it that way. I would never, and that's that's a whole different fucking conversation. But it it shouldn't even be seen as a, a black man or white man. It's two coaches. Yeah, I I don't I don't think the guy should have grabbed him. Absolutely not. Especially with the situation, the way it was. You don't put your hands upset. on anybody. You just don't. Do yeah. That. Uh, he you know he you know he reached out and grabbed his arm, but Howard shouldn't have gone after the assistant either. You know the assistant like, was talking greasy. He was like, shut the fuck up, go home, you guys lost type shit. And he yeah, like, launched himself in from like 20 feet away to the front of the fracas. I mean, I don't I, I oh, well, let's, You just got to... Yeah. Because Howard, Joanne Howard has to know that he's going to be... He, he's already a high-profile name. And he's, he, uh, almost, he's being eyeballed. Yeah, he, he's almost, he almost snuffed a coach at Maryland, too, uh, like yeah. a season ago. Yeah. So they're trying him, it seems like. You know, the media will try to spin it like, oh, he's a hothead, but... No, I th- he's, he's, he's in an exclusive club, and they don't want him in the club. That's I think, I, well, and I yeah. think these yeah. guys know that if he stays at Michigan and recruits for another five years, they're all going to be fucked. So they're trying... I don't, even think it, I don't even think it takes that long. Yeah, he already did well in the past couple of years. You know, they've exceeded expectations the last couple he was, of years. He was in the NBA until 2013. So he's not even 10 years out of the league. Yeah, but he's been the coach in Michigan, what, three years now? Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, physically. like. And before that, he was an assistant coach, assistant, like assistant assistant for the Heat. Yeah, yeah. For, for Miami. Okay. And when he took over, it's because Beeline took the, the Cavs job. So when he took over Michigan, a lot of the guys stayed in place, including, um, oh, this guy, the Italian guy who was the head coach of St. Joe's when they had Delonte. Uh, their assistants oh are God. very solid. Uh, let me look it up before we go I, here. I can see his face and I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, they went to the whatever you know, the Elite Eight in two thousand four. Is it uh, Martelli? Phil yes, Martelli? yes. They had so so. Juwan just wow, Juwan Juwan just became yeah, good pull Tony. He just stepped in, so the all of Beeline's assistants and everything kind of stayed intact. So uh, and dude, he got fined forty thousand dollars for that slap. Yeah, in addition to a five-game suspension. Yeah, and I think the the coach from Wisconsin got fined, but didn't get suspended. Ten, ten grand. Yeah. Wow. Ten G's. So, I love Juwan Howard. He's a fucking real ass homie, and uh, you know, fuck Wisconsin, dude. Like they, they're dirty, man. They're grimy, dude. The Packers have been the dirtiest team in the NFL for years. You know, Wisconsin just in general is like, who would even want to live there, bro? And here's the other thing about the University of Wisconsin. They're not as (laughs) as smart as Northwestern, and they're not as good as athletics as us or OSU. You know, but in their mind, they're the smartest university, and they're the fucking best, you know, and they're they're not. They're not. You know, they've been to a couple Final Fours, but they don't have any championships. They're never going to get any championships. 
because they're a bunch of fucking cheese curd, fucking drinking, fucking douchebags. Hey, they have had some decent NBA talent. Though. List and them they, off, and, and they've definitely had some uh, uh, very good uh, football players come out of Wisconsin too. Yeah, Ron Dane. But go ahead, Tony. List me the top five NBA players from Wisconsin. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I'm sure I'm going to miss a whole bunch, but I know. Uh, no, like in your lifetime. Devin Devin Harris came out of there. Um, Barely a rotation player. Didn't Michael Finley go to Wisconsin? Okay, that's probably the best one of all time. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just the two that I can think off the top of my head. But that's pretty good. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, the Kaminsky. I mean, Wes Matthews, Kirk Penny. I mean, no, no, dudes. no, no. Wes Wes Matthews came out of Marquette. Well, maybe he transferred because they've got him on the website. Let's just put it this way: they've definitely they've had much better football players come out of Wisconsin than basketball. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Fuck you, Barry Alvarez. <laughs> All right, so we'll do. That's pretty chill. I mean, you know, we're we're running up against it. I mean, unless we want to do another segment, we could talk about whatever you guys want. There's a lot of stuff that we could talk about, but that's up to you guys. Oh, you wanted to go Ukraine? We can do anything, uh, dude. You know me. I'm open box. No, well, maybe next week we might have to do Ukraine because I've been researching it a lot. Well, if if there's another next week, oh, there will be. Don't, don't worry. Who knows? Tony, closing thoughts. Um, I don't know. We did cover a lot. Now, I, the one thing I, it's been and it's been on my mind since I heard it on the radio the other day has nothing to do with anything we've talked about. Go ahead. And I'm, That's okay. And I know. And I know nobody's watching the Winter Olympics because nobody gives a rat's ass. I've uh, seen the only thing I saw here and there. was this guy was this guy like misjudged the jump and like bang his head on the mound <laughs> and like knock himself dead and like slid down the slope. That's oh, the only shit. thing I've seen. Dude, it's bad. I don't know if you guys seen that clip. Uh uh-uh. What? Oh, what was he doing? God. I don't know what it was. I just saw a quick clip of it, but it, he was a snowboarder. Uh, I th- no, he was skis, and it was like one of the things where he's going down the moguls, and there was like the last like hard mound where he was supposed to do like a flip, and he misjudged it, and his knees bent down on the mound, and his head went back and hit the mound, and knocked him out. I mean, s- severely unconscious, and he just like slid down all the way down to the finish line, and like I never, dude. I hope the dude's alive, to be honest. I shouldn't even be talking about it because I don't even know if he lived. But it was bad. Like one of the worst <laughs> accidents I've seen in like winter sports. It was bad. Really so bad. With, with well, that being well, said. It's all fake snow, too. <laughs> no, but you know like how they make the jumps? How it's like really hard? Like they go up? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a small one, and he just misjudged it and slammed the back of his head. Thank God he was wearing a helmet. And he was still like, Oof. We need to find out for sure that he's okay. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't, I don't even remember what uh, uh, event it was. It was just like he was going down like some quick moguls, and then it was like he was supposed to prepare for like a quick it – was, it wasn't a big mound jump, but it was like one of those like five-foot mounds. He's supposed to do like a quick flip at the end. And when his skis, he was coming in too fast and his skis hit the mound, his knees buckled. So his butt came down 
And as his skis went over the top of the mound, his head came back and hit the mound and knocked him out completely. So instead of doing a jump, he just like ragdolled, slide down the rest of the hill, like all the way to the finish line. Like complete, it looked like, it looked like a dead body was just sliding down the mountain. And I've seen stuff like that before. And they, they, air, they have to take those dudes, they have to airlift them and stuff. Oh, dude, he, he definitely got airlifted. I think his name is. Uh, it's all fake snow, you know? It was Team USA. His name was George McQuinn. Damn, well, prayers up. Yeah, I mean, it's all fake snow. You know, I don't know if that's a factor at all. Yeah, it says he's stable. Okay, you guys you guys found it? Yeah. And I think the they clip? said it's the first one where it's all fake snow, too. Like, in the past, they've had to manufacture some. But this shit is all fake. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch the video, but the online it says that he, he just has a few scratches. It left him unconscious, but he, all he has is a few characters. Dude, that shit is weird, bro. Cause there's, you know, there's like this girl who was born and raised in San Francisco, and she's snowboarding for China. I mean, she's half Chinese, but I mean, it's San Francisco. Yeah, I just, dude, there's no way she's not getting leaned on by one intelligence community, if not both. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, Stin, what do you think about that, bro? The girl's 19 years old. She's born and raised in motherfucking San Francisco. And she's snowboarding for fucking China. Yeah, no. I don't At the agree. height of their, like, human rights questionability. So, so here's my thing, and that, and that leads to why I brought all this up in the first place. Where does she pick up snowboarding from if she's from San Francisco? <laughs> so so that uh, Utah that brings me to 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 the to the why I brought it up the Winter Olympics in the first place. So I'm driving and I'm I'm listening to the radio and they bring up the fact that this girl that won the I don't know what the length was, but it was speed skating. Um she won the gold medal. She's from Ocala, Florida. Hmm. There's no snow in Ocala. I don't think there's even ice in Ocala. It's a lot of country. It's a lot of farms. So is there like some underground speed skating world that we don't know about in Florida? Well, I mean, if it's speed skating, it's inside, right? Yeah. I don't, but I don't, I mean, again, I'm, I don't know nothing about the Winter Olympics, but to me, if like, I have to break it down to where it's like, First of all, okay, first of all, she's African-American. She's speed skating. She's from Ocala, and she won the gold medal, which means she oh, she won the gold on, on the planet, not just the United States. Oh, she that's everybody badass. On the planet. Well, it could be so, like, uh, like Joel Embiid. Like, you know, she just picked up a basketball like eight years ago, and she's that talented. Well, here's the thing. So, you got so to be, be doing that your whole life, dude. That's, that struck me as odd, right? And then, so I was like, okay, so, you know, I told a couple of people, you know, what I heard on the radio, and they're like, that, that is kind of strange because it, it's Ocala. Then I hear another story about this guy 
was, I guess the next event he had was, he was on the bobsled team. For the American bobsled team. He's also the, from Ocala. Two or the, is that a two-man team or a I think four? He, I think his was the four-man. both. But I, but I think his was the four-man. But he's also okay. from Ocala. So there clearly is some underground ice world that we don't know about. Hmm. Or maybe they just, that's where they do their winter training and like they just put Ocala. Ocala is in the center north of Florida for all the listeners at home. Yeah, there's you know, and, no, and there's no snow get, or anything. They may get, they may get a real light sniff of snow, maybe once no, every no, no millennium, way. but that's not, yeah, it's, millennium. Exactly. It's, it's not anything that like, I don't know. I was just so thrown off when I heard that on the radio. That's and I wild. Saw it on the TV dude. with the other guy. And I was like, Oh man, am, am I sheltered? Is there, is there like snow? Cool runnings all over again. Yeah. Feel the rhythm, wild. feel the vibe. The intelligence communities at an all-time high. Yeah, for real. What, what about um, Phil Mickelson? Did you see his comments? Talk in New York, Orlando. I did not. Let's let's. All right. Well, he he's on some shit because you know they're golfing in Saudi Arabia. But dude, the the Winter Olympics have been on like at the bars that I work at. They've been on on mute, but it has been very underpromoted. I mean, I haven't had nobody's any, watching that shit. I heard it's the yeah. lowest ratings and like ever. I don't know any, and I, I would watch the the hockey uh, medal game. I would watch uh, the freestyle, like the Sean White events, the freestyle. Like half-pipe. the halfpipe. I would watch that stuff. And uh, maybe it's because of the pandemic and because, what did we do? The Olympics got delayed, so we had summer Olympics this year and winter, and then one was in Tokyo, and then this one was, I mean, and dude, it, Peacock totally fumbled the summer one, too. Like, you couldn't. Now, the time difference, is hurt, it hurts you. It's, you know, in Japan, it's 10 hours. China, it's I think 12. the pandemic has a lot to do with it and just everything that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, people don't have the, the, the ability or the peace of mind to give a fuck about the Olympics because they're trying to take care of their own life. Yeah. Yeah. And no one's in the stands in Beijing. Of course not. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know where they were at with it. You know, if they had told me we're back to having people in the stands, I'd have been like, "Oh, okay." I mean, you guys invented coronavirus, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, one quick thing before we all jump off. Uh, there's a documentary on Netflix. It's called uh, uh, "Falling Down" or something like that. Going down. It's about Boeing getting sued. Oh shit! Okay. It's it's phenomenal. I watched it with my dad last night. My dad was a commercial airline pilot captain for over 30 years. He only flew on Boeing planes. He was like extremely skeptical before it started because he knew the stories. Okay. Before what they were going to talk about at the end, he was so disappointed in Boeing. He, uh, like he, he was almost speechless. He's like, son, I flew with these planes, you know, my whole commercial, you know, career. And I depended on those planes to be safe. And I can all honestly tell you as the later in my career, as Boeing started putting out the new planes, like in the early 2000s, he even told me that on one of his flight, because my dad flew on all, almost all of them, but on the 777, 777, when it came out, like on his fifth flight, he was flying from Washington, D.C. to London. And 15 minutes after takeoff, one of the engines completely blew up. Holy shit. And he had to turn around and land back at DC. 
and he dude he was like blown away what the fuck so if you guys like documentaries that are like legit check that out it's gnarly i'm glad you brought that up because i ain't got shit to watch since i finished uh, I, think up called, on Anatomy, I think it's so. called go, falling down or going down or something Grey's like that. Anatomy. Is that a joke, Tony? Nah, the girl wanted to watch it, so I watched oh, it. Oh, okay. Well, that's different. But I specifically made, wanted to watch it with my dad. And at the beginning, I was like, Dad, I want you to watch this with me because I want to know if it's bullshit or not. And I told him what the story was about. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see what they say. And at the I didn't say a word to him the whole time. And at the end, he was like, holy fuck. He said it's on Netflix? Yeah. That, that's a good approach to take because I've been thinking about trying to get my parents to watch this JFK, uh, Oliver Stone, JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass. That's a good way to preface it. Watch this with me because I, wa- I want to know if it's bullshit instead of Yeah, like, dude. I mean, dude, my dad is not a conspiracy theorist at all. Like, he is like A1, Boy Scout, Eagle Scout. like Vietnam you know, War veteran. I watched Thud Pilots with him. Yeah, another crazy doc. Yeah, if you ever want to watch cool documentaries, that's about the uh, 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 Air Force fighter pilots in Vietnam, like the first fighter pilots. My dad was one of those. That specifically flew that Thud 1000 plane that was like... F- F-105, yeah. Yeah, it was big as fuck, but also supersonic. And the, Well, I mean, other TV recommendations. I'm working with this city on a hill right now where Kevin Bacon plays a like coked out FBI agent in Boston in like 1991. It's pretty chill, but I haven't been watching it on the TV, man, to be honest. Like I, I feel that shit dude about people not being able to like watch or kind of like suspend their disbelief to give a fuck about stuff. Bro. That um, Boeing shit is rowdy dog. It so it's is, the 767 max, right? And basically it's a 737 max. And what basically like quick, quick, quick overview is Boeing was the number one starting. Like they started 707, 727. They've been the major one forever, right? And they were always about their engineers and building things properly and taking their time because people's lives are on the line when they're building these planes. And there was a merger in the company and these two guys took over and they were they got rid of all the fail safes. They got rid of the people that double checked everyone's work and they were just pushing out more planes faster not checking for bad things just to get the stock of the company up. And dude, I'm not going to ruin it for you guys. You guys got to watch it, dude. But they basically put something in new planes and did not train the pilots on it. And it crashed two planes. You read about this, Tony. Yeah. It was like three or four years ago. They unveiled a new plane. Yeah. There was one for Lion Air in Indonesia. In yeah. 18, and then in 19, like five months later, uh, uh, it happened in Ethiopia. They put this system in called the MCAS system. So basically, so dude, r- real quick, Boeing, so Boeing's biggest um, um, like person that tries to beat them is Airbus, and that's out of Europe, right? So they were putting out these super awesome planes, fuel efficient. So all they did was just take a 737 and put bigger, more fuel-efficient engines on it and called it the 737 MAX. But what they realized is that with the new engines, if the plane got too steep, it would stall. 
So they put in a system in the software called MCAS. So if the, the, the nose went too up, it would level out the tail, the elevator in the tail and make the nose go down. So it would level the plane. And they did tell the captains. So right after takeoff a few times when they crashed, uh, the plane would, they would start to go up on takeoff and then it would level out that it would push the nose down and they would try to pull up and it would push the nose down. And then all of a sudden it would just nosedive into the ground. <sighs> Holy shit. Yep. And Boeing got sued 2.5 billion. And that's Indonesia and Ethiopia, you know, like that's two very, you know, not high, high uh, you know, gross domestic product companies. Boeing, well, the planes were brand new. The yeah. Boeing was were sending them the planes, and furthermore, the captains of the, both those planes that crashed, Boeing was trying to uh, use like their training and like, oh, they're not U United States pilots. Like our pilots would have known what to do, type shit. And both of those pilots that died in those crashes were trained in the U.S. Holy uh, shit! Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, that's why I don't fly, dude. I haven't flown since like 2013. It's just too much, too much trust to put in someone else's hands. I mean, I mean, yeah. Put it this way: it's 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 like 50 times more dangerous to drive a car. Oh, of course, but I'm controlling the car, so I can <laughs> I can slow down, I can swerve, I can get out of the way of, you know, the drug person that I see in front of me swerving lane. But no, it's true. Dude, you're absolutely right. You know, you're well, absolutely if you guys, right. If you got a bounce, dude, fucking check out that documentary. Oh, we started a new segment, bro. Oh, he. Yeah. Why, Tony, you got a rap? Yeah, I got I got Oh, okay. It. No, no worries. It's all good. I mean, I'm the host, so. Uh, I mean, if you want to stay on and keep talking, I'm well, down. Tony. Thank you for doing this. I'm going to post this up. I'll send it to you. Try to, I guess, click out, and we'll see if the meeting ends. I appreciate the invite, dude. Anytime you guys want to talk. Yeah, man. We'll chop it up again. Yeah, try and just click out, bud, because I'll see if the meeting ends or if we're still in it. All right, then. Peace, brother. Later. I think we're still good. Yeah, we're still good. You want to talk about Ukraine? We can. All right. So remember I was telling you about how they had those protests and, uh, yes. the, there's a documentary on it, like winter lightning or something on Netflix. And, uh, they were protesting in Ukraine and, uh, there were about 48 people who ended up getting killed by, uh, firearm, you know, bullets in the, scrum or whatever and it basically came down that it was this unit this like belkus unit that's basically like probably russian fsb i'm making that leap okay that hasn't been reported anywhere and uh they did this you know physical reconstruction of it multiple different cell phone cameras and you know you know how like when a bullet breaks the sound barrier you hear the the crack like differently depending oh, yeah. on where you're located or whatever so it triangulated all this shit it's the only other precedent for this investigative reconstruction had, was accepted by the the court that deals with the Israeli-Palestinian stuff, and they convicted an IDF soldier of firing a canister directly at a Palestinian. 
because it was, you know, you're supposed to shoot it straight up in the air. They basically got these fucking guys dead to rights. And there was like nine or 10 of them. Six of them fled the country. The president is basically protecting them. And there's only two of them. And they still haven't gone to trial. They have two guys in custody. So it looks so, to me, that was kind of like so you, the final straw. You think how, so you think that's how it all started? There's been problems for a long time. Here's what happens, bro. Russia lets go of these Eastern Bloc countries, but they don't let them join NATO. And the countries suffer economically because they're not part of Russia and they're not part of NATO. Yes. And, and they bleed them out. And I think the final straw was the president trying to protect his police unit. And a lot of the people who were there, I'm not saying they were specifically targeted, like, you know, make sure you get this professor, make sure you get that scientist and that doctor. But a lot of the people who were attending the protests were the best that Ukraine had to offer. You know, journalists, writers, authors, artists, psychiatrists, doctors, physicists, engineers, etc. So I'm not yeah. saying they were targeted specifically, but they ended up getting targeted by the bullets one way or another. And as this right. process continued to play out, they were just like, yo, fuck this president for trying to protect this grimy ass unit. And we want out from under this shit. Yeah. Well, you know that R Russia's already in Ukraine, right? You know that they already are across the border. So they did this razzle dazzle where they got two uh, states, you know, like, uh, what do they call them? And yeah, like little uh, things, like counties, basically, to say yes. we're, we're breaking away and Russia's going to protect us. But yes, by the letter of the law, yes. Right. Also, the, there is a, a rebel group that is backed by Russia, and they have already been shooting more, like launching mortars. Like before they went over the border, they and, were launching mortars. And we should also say that MH317 Indonesia was allegedly shot down by somebody over Ukraine with a surface-to-air missile. I don't yes, know if that's... Yes. But that's fucking weird. Right. Now, this rebel, quote-unquote, rebel group that's backed by Russia, now, they, that could just be some non-uniformed uh, working FSB. for Russian people. Yeah. Uh, of course. Now, I, I, I showed you the clip of Putin saying that if Ukraine joins NATO and tries to militarize Crimea, that he, he'll, without thinking twice, use nuclear weapons. I'm now, still looking for that. I don't know if you showed me that. It's on your Instagram DM. Okay, okay, um, okay. I showed my dad that. I told my dad about it yesterday, and he's like, are you sure he said that? I showed him the clip. He's speaking and in English? He's speaking in Russian, and they are translating it. It's at, a, it's at like a huge world conference. He's and he even says it. He's like, I don't want to do it, but in the blink of an eye, I will make places disappear. So, God as a man, damn. as a man of like me, who who I don't know Putin, obviously, right? But I've been to war, been to two different two different uh, campaigns. Okay, um, you don't. People talk a lot of shit, okay? But you don't say things like that without, you know, having, like, you don't say things like that when you have 150,000 troops on the border about to invade a country 
um, basically, you know, bullying NATO. Like, yo, what's up? Like, well, I don't want to have, I don't want to have to do it, but I will. And I think that their position is NATO's bullying them. Sorry, continue. I'm just advocating. No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just that worries me because I'm a very open-minded person, as you know. I look at every scenario as a possibility. It doesn't matter if it's far-fetched or not. Okay. Um, but that is very, that worries me a lot because if, and I know you don't like to talk about it, but if those (laughs) nuclear weapons get used, um, it would be, it could be, you know, very, very, very bad. Yeah, no, uh, of course. And well, and I need to hear him say that in English, bro, because that might just be just an unfavorable translation. If he's speaking Russian, it's the difference between weapons of mass destruction or micro nukes or just saying. No, he's basically saying he's like, we, we might not. He even says it. He's like, we might not be the top nuclear country. Okay. But we will use them. Even if we lose, it doesn't matter. I will make places disappear. Like, I'm not bluffing. Dude, this is a big issue in Russia, you know, because they supposedly, when NATO was signed, NATO said that they weren't going to go past a certain point. Well, here's another thing, Charlie, right before you finish that. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm responding to you. I want you to run the segment. We don't know what they have and i already told you the last time that russia that we know of tested a nuke was in 1961 and the shockwave circumnavigated the globe three times yeah the, that the, that was 60 years ago the czar bomb yeah okay it went, went so high it killed the guys who dropped it couldn't even get away from also it. i don't remember how many years back it was it was it was at least it could have been even 10 now, but like in between 10 and five years ago, we, we as, as a military have a very, very good idea, if not know exactly where most of the Russian nuclear submarines are. Okay. Um, we have implemented crazy sonar devices around the world and people don't get this, but uh, when you see dead whales wash up on the beach, a lot of times it's because of those sonar devices. Um, uh we couldn't there was there was uh, a russian nuclear sub that popped up in the gulf like i think it was like a hundred miles mexico but it popped up like a hundred miles south of like louisiana like where the oil rigs are how long ago was this this was i want to say between 10 and five years ago sure yeah it popped up and they basically said hey Bet you didn't know this was here, and then went down, and we never saw it again. Right, October. <sighs> I mean, we don't want it with them. You know, we, it's been no, known that it's mutually assured destruction. You know, that's the problem is, yeah, it's all it takes is, yeah, the two. And, dude, this is a thing for them. They NATO supposedly promised them that they weren't going to go past. Like, oh, and Germany cut off that pipeline, too. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. 
that's the yeah, weird. I hope, I hope you're ready for gas prices to like quadruple. Oh yeah, we're gonna have to go into the reserves. Uh, there. And thing... what scares me the most, dude? The, the the most that scares me the most right now is that we have Biden in control for another few months at least. Yeah. Like the dude can't even do a press conference without like. No, he has dementia. He has he has cognitive function depreciation. I don't think that's even. This is not a Democrat or a Republican podcast, but. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I, people don't take this the wrong way. You, you will have the right to your opinion about everything, and I'm, I'm. You're blessed to have that. But I'm just saying, it's not Biden as a Democrat. It's Biden as. He's just not. I just don't think he's. Not the first American president. Yeah, dude, Ronald Reagan had fucking dementia. Like, for sure. I I feel very confident saying that. Like I I just I just I just hope that like I really pray that like Putin is just doing this to see as like fuck fuck war games just to see how we um respond and how NATO plays it out just to see because I really just hope he's just pushing people just to see how we move i hope i don't think the u.s is going to have to get involved i think nato and the u.n and ukraine are going to be able to you know do their thing and it's probably just russia saying look this is the line of demarcation you know nato doesn't go any further than this you since the 90s you guys told us you weren't going to go past reunified germany and you know you've continued advancing east and east and east and east and, you know, you, we wanted to stop just like America wanted to stop communism in Nicaragua and wanted to stop it in. And, dude, we've America's done that before. There's still, dude, North Korea, South Korea still to this day. Uh, yeah, bro. A little quick uh, side note. Whatever uh, you want to do. Way off topic. Uh, well, it's your you segment. Hear, did you hear what the Coast Guard um, confiscated in uh Port of Everglades the other day? Again? Dude, bigger. A bore larger than the other one? Yes. That was like five, four or five months ago? Yes. Uh, 10 tons. 60,000 pounds. 30 tons. So four times the 7.4 tons from the last time. So 60,000 pounds, so roughly... Of cocaine, pure cocaine. Yes, so roughly 30,000 pounds, 30,000 kilos. Dude, that's... To even imagine a shipment like that. Uh, Say that again, 60,000 pounds. It was six... It was... 50, it was like 57,000 pounds. That's okay, cocaine. yeah, round it up. 60,000. Yes, that's 30 tons, and the previous shipment was 7 tons. So how much how much space is that going to take up? Like, like 28,000 kilos. Uh, you know those big freighter ships with the containers? Yeah. Probably like... Probably like... I don't know, dude. Probably like three of those completely loaded. I would think, yeah, for sure more than one. Wow. 
I can't even imagine I mean, a, say a key is going for 20 bands right now. Way more. Sure. So let's say 30 bands. 50. Okay. Let's, I'm just trying to be like, you know, a little conservative or whatever. Let's say 40 times, uh, how many keys is that? 33,000? Well, I'll just say 30,000. Okay, so $4,000 times 30,000 keys. If I'm not fucking this up, that's $120 million. On the conservative no. side, before it's I'll, cut. I'll do it for you. It was, let's just say 30,000 keys. Times 4,000 bucks. No, because that's not, they're not, that's not wholesale anymore. Wholesale's like 15. Okay. That's so 450 million still, wholesale. Sure, yeah. On on the report it said 1.3 billion street value. That's a pretty far cry from what we just calculated. The, they said street value, so like cut up into grams, take, cut 30%. <clears throat> yeah. And sold on Miami Beach for $125. And, and, and I forgot to mention, there was uh, like 70,000 pounds of weed on that ship, too. Who's even doing that anymore? Who's even sending weed around? It's amazing to me that the black market of weed is still banging like that. I'll find the, the link and send it to you. Sure. Yeah. Well, dude, that's um, fun. Remember I did that I did that skit where I was like making fun of one of our old bosses kinda and I was like, Remember kid, Port of Everglades when the giant when the when the Finns wear white on a non right, Sunday yeah. home game. I strap remember. up if you fucking boots. And you were like Yeah No, like what do you mean specifically? Like Well yeah. dude, I mean I Port see of Everglades. Couple, I see it a few different ways here. I see it as the media could put that out. And it never happened, just to put it out. I could see it as, yeah, maybe they did confiscate something, but it was all fake shit. But who the hell is going to fucking package 30,000 fake kilos? How, how, how long would it take you to test every key? Oh, my God. You would need a team of like 1,000 people, and they would get like no, you'd 40 get a team bricks of each. You get a team of like 50 guys. It would take you. I don't know, dude. I mean, not that long, I guess. You only have to stick a knife in there and put it in a Petri dish. So, so not to spoil it in case you end up watching it, but on uh, season four of Ozark, they basically make allusions to the idea that uh, the cartels are releasing uh, sanctioned seizures in exchange for I mean in some cases in exchange for nothing you know just like they're making so much money they can afford to almost like do that or whatever but that seems like a pretty so conservatively that's at least like I just, I just million dollars worth of cocaine conservative I just I just bro from from things that I have witnessed in my life i don't see somebody or a cartel or uh, an, a drug smuggling enterprise putting that much work on one ship it's too good to be true and furthermore 
none of them put it on ships anymore. Everything is so watched and checked. Yeah, but some of those containers stacked on top of each other, I mean. No, yeah, a good, a good portion comes in on, on ships. I, don't get me wrong, but. I just mean, how does that get checked? Like, imagine brother, that being your job. Like, oh, my God. The majority this. of the stuff coming into Florida is coming in on, okay. Don't even say it. Don't, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, to my opinion, <laughs> my opinion. Is that it's not, it's not the craters, the crates. A majority is, uh, I, I believe. Private, number, smaller watercraft. Yes. Let me and, protect your, let me protect you, yeah. Well, you don't that's, need to protect me because no, I'm I not know, in the but, game. No, but yeah. That's but another thing to blow your mind is, too, is stuff that's been confiscated. CIA is getting their hands on it and replenishing it into the, into the bloodline of the streets. If not, they're selling it back to the cartel at a tax price. Well, that's that. I think everyone should watch this JFK revisited because when you talk about narcotics importing, funding violence, and where we are with Russia today, it's it's all fucking connected, man. You know, uh, this fucking documentary is insane, bro. And it's you know some of the strongest evidence is just these really grotesque autopsy pictures that i think has been the hardest part of the kennedy assassination is nobody wants to look at that i couldn't even look at it myself uh i'm a little squeamish but uh yeah i mean uh we i talked to you about this right how they tried to say that it was one bullet that went through kennedy and the governor oh you know, yeah, yeah. And oh Russell. and oh and i watched i watched the Joe Rogan podcast with with Oliver Stone. Yes, that's cool because I listened to it. What was the visual experience like? Uh, so I didn't know really much a lot about Oliver Stone. I didn't even really know what he looked like. Um, but he's uh, he's um, you can just tell that that man is a walking encyclopedia of knowledge. Yeah. And he's a no bullshit guy. And it was cool because at the end, they both lit up joints and like smoked together. Wish they'd done it earlier, right? Uh, I don't, it doesn't show it in the, in the podcast, but at the end they show it. Yeah. Oh no, I just think it would have been interesting to have a part two where he was stoned. I think he didn't want to be stoned for promoting the film. But yeah, dude, he made some of your favorite movies. He made Any Given Sunday, bro. That's all him. You know? Oh, dope! Yeah, well, he it wasn't a, a podcast to promote the the. It wasn't well, for, really for Oliver Stone. I think it was, but for Joe Rogan, it was. I have Oliver Stone. Well, they talked about a lot of shit other than JFK. Yeah, yeah. Like what part? Like what was the highlight of some of that for you? Um, they they talked a lot about how people are narrow-minded about thoughts of our own government, you know, doing things. Or even just five or six people in a key positions in our government. We're not here to, you know, like some of this stuff is so tightly compartmentalized. Right. And just like the power that the CIA had and that there was the no secret service. had, Right. That there was nobody watching over them and like the money that was being used for like, uh, you know, black, you know, black ops. And yeah, it was, it was, it's deep, dude. You should watch it. The big thing I learned from it, I listened to the everything, but I just, yeah, I, 
they, dude, like a million communist members of the Communist Party in Indonesia were just like genocidally slaughtered in like 1958. And uh, yeah, dude, I think Alan Dulles's position was, look, we're going to knock over the French president. We're going to get our guy in there. And then us and the French are going to go into Vietnam and we're going to fucking handle business, you know? And uh, Kennedy obviously didn't see that vision, just like he didn't see the Cuba, the Cuba vision. And uh, it's all connected, Matt, because here we are with Russia 50 years later, 60 years later. What, right? from Vietnam? Yeah, Kennedy's assassination is about 60 years. 63 yeah. to 2023. And we're yep. still having this, you know, this disconnect. And I also, oh, we're less than a minute. So, yeah, no, good looking. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on the international, uh, you know, scene. And uh, we'll be back shortly. All right, man. Holla. Yep. Got the Lambo. Jeez. Got the Tesla. Jeez. In the Florida. Jeez. Mommy twerking on me. Got the Lambo. Jeez. Got the Tesla. Jeez. In the Florida. Jeez. Mommy twerking on me. Australian coral reefs, mommy twerking on me. Sydney Opera House lease, that fan drops out me. Bank deposit all G's, infrared in that beat. Who make a martyr out me? I take the charters out deep. Don't make tomorrow our peak. If I say she borrow my keys, if I say she borrow my keys, she look like Emily Radikowski. Sonny Bono on skis, promo runs are not cheap. Mommy hair when she, Molly got her tongue in her cheek. She don't know my name, A Keys. Bitch, I run AC, chain froze AC, make green like AC. Boca Chica Key, Costa Rican leaf, post a vegan recipe, and then she back to sex and me. Haters playing both sides, I don't need no cosign. Boy, like MJ45, my streaming data for night. Hundreds hands on my fourth flight, my land black, my Porsche white. Yo, bitch, let me know I can fuck what she left on her Porsche like. Bentley truck, no keys, rat, no ID. Bezlet, shiny, Tim Duncan, five Got the Lambo, got the Tesla. In the Florida, mommy twerking on me. Australian coral reefs, mommy twerking on me. Sydney Opera House lease, that fan drop is on me. Seahawks, and we up in the zone. Got the keys to the crib, and ain't nobody home. So relax your mind, let your conscience be free. You're now rolling with the boy, H-U-S-T. V-I-P, up at K-O-D. On my gorilla pimp shit, like it's my J-O-B. Opalaka, Hialeah, in that Range Rover V. Haters really thought that they could lowball me. Till I pulled a Bad Harbor in the Cobalt Re. And when I say Re, I don't mean Re Re. I mean that F50, that Ferrari. Playing bitches like it's Atari Let the shoddy reload like a safari Met mommy in the club, she was Qatari 